I'm Scott Jennings, and today we're talking about you better honor your bid on bid day, Mr. Subcontractor. Executive summary. As a general contractor, or as a subcontractor for that matter, but as a general contractor, you can rely on your subcontractor's bid on bid day. You can rely on it as a binding agreement. Not in all states. So read on, listen on, to learn about protection granted by the doctrine of promissory estoppel. Call your attorney. I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know what state you're in, so consult your attorney about what we're talking about today or what's in the actual article, but know that there's a reasonable chance that you can get whole on the difference between the bid day subcontract price and the one you had to actually contract with actually out on the project because your subcontractor from bid day didn't honor his or her quote that you relied on when you turned in your bid. Sub-bids on bid day. As a GC, a significant percentage of your bid is probably going to be subcontractor work. And did you ever have a subcontractor call you after the bid went in and say, hey, ho, yeah, um, I I turned in that bid yesterday, but I, I can't do the work for reason X, Y, or Z. You received the bid via phone or fax or email or mail, whatever. And you should expect that that is an actual bid you can rely on, and it's fully binding even without a subcontract. What's a doctrine? Well, it's a legal term, but in layman's terms, a doctrine is a simple and basic legal position which has been established by a solid precedent. So if you've been in the industry, especially the underground, utility, dirt business, whatever, it doesn't have to just be that. But one of the most popular construction doctrines is called the Spearin Doctrine. And it states that a contractor shall not be held responsible for the consequences of building to an owner's faulty plan and specification package. Other doctrines you may have heard of or not, things like cardinal change, contra proferentum, and superior knowledge. Cardinal change is generally speaking when you have a just a major change in the job, which has made the job something completely different from what you bid. Contra proferentum is basically telling the drafting party that because they've drafted something which is unclear, they then have responsibility for the ambiguity which they've created in the absence of clarity in the contract they've written. And then lastly, superior knowledge. The owner knew something, didn't share it with you, and now the owner has to pay. Doctrine of Promissory Estoppel. This doctrine, it holds a subcontractor or maybe a supplier, I'm not certain, you'll have to check, but it holds a subcontractor liable for their proposal on bid day. There are some conditions though. If you're a general contractor, you're trying to hold a subcontractor legally responsible for the bid that he he bailed on, there are some conditions. First one, the offer, got to be clear, got to be definite. Number two, the subcontractor's expectation must have been that you were actually going to rely on this proposal. You can't just be, you know, shooting darts at the wall and spitting spitballs, and then all of a sudden your number's being used. The subcontractor has to know that, hey, uh, are, are you sure, Mr. Subcontractor, about the number? Because I'm going to use you. Whoa, well, then my answer is different. So again, number two, subcontractor's expectation that the general contractor is going to rely on the proposal. Number three, a reasonable reliance by the general contractor. Well, what does that mean? That means that you've looked at the number and you think it's reasonable. Remedy. The remedy for this is that the general contractor can chase the subcontractor for the difference. So say, for example, bid day. 
you get a price for a certain scope of work, 450,000 bucks. And the next day the sub calls back and says, you know what, I, I can't honor that. $450,000, can't do it, sorry, I'm out. And then you go to the next bidder and that's $650,000. That is a delta, a difference of $200,000. So this would be the loss that you would pursue, perhaps more, but you've suffered economically uh, $200,000 or more. Word of warning to the general contractor, make sure you can establish this was a reasonable bid. If the sub left $200,000 on the table, he was at 450, the next guy was at 650. Is that reasonable? Does this contractor or subcontractor have a pattern of coming in significantly lower than other subcontractors on bid day? Maybe he or she is always right there in the race. So you have a responsibility as a general contractor to make sure it's reasonable. My story. I've never sued or been sued in a matter like this, but there's been plenty of times where the bid's going off at 2 p.m. and then at 1.37, here comes the painting quote. Or if you're in a similar business to mine, here comes the electrical quote. And sometimes 20 minutes before bid time uh, might be kind. The electrical quotes always come in late. But anyway, you know, back to reality, I was bidding a large treatment plant job once and we had already had two painting slash uh, coating quotes in hand. And here it comes. It's about, you know, 22 minutes before bid time. And we're sitting there with our quotes over there in the, you know, over there in the bin, which says painting on it. We have two quotes, about four million bucks. Great. The scope of work's worth about four million. Well, in comes a hot number, 1.9 million bucks. Well, that's a $2.1 million cut. That's a huge cut. And so what do I normally do in a case like that? Because that was not the only time. You normally call the sub and say, hey, uh, you're kind of low. You're significantly lower than the other guys in the field. Just want to make sure that, you know, I was expecting you to quote A, B, C, and D. Did you have all those things? Okay, you know, the job is, you know, three years long. Okay, you knew that. All right, so sounds like you've got everything covered. Just making sure you're comfortable with your number. It's a little bit outside of the range of all the other guys on the job. And when he says, well, you better add a million or no, I'm good with it, whatever it is, listen to what he says and take responsibility because even if you are successful on this claim to chase this guy for a $2.1 million you know, mistake or whatever it was in his bid, doesn't mean he's going to have the money to pay you. And I can't say that I'm sitting there on, you know, several years ago when I was bidding all this work, I can't say that I was sitting there thinking, oh, well, if... Uh, if this doesn't go through, I'll just, you know, pursue him on the doctrine of promissory estoppel. No. But I can tell you that I always kind of wondered, do I have any means of getting whole on this loss here? And does that subcontractor have any um, binding relationship with me absent a contract? And the answer is, depending on your state, yeah. There was no contract in effect, but by submitting a bid and all the conditions I listed above, yeah. If you're in a state which has, you know, the doctrine of promissory estoppel established there, then yeah, you probably have a, a means of chasing the subcontractor for the difference. Work safe.